Welcome everybody to another great installment of Calvary Christian Center. We pray that today's message encourages you and inspires you like never before. So sit back, grab your notes, your notepad, and enjoy this message live from Calvary Christian Center. Y'all gonna make me cry trying to preach. Listen, of, of all the titles that I've been given throughout the years, uh, I've been called pastor. And some names here lately I can't tell you. Come on. But bishop and prophet and evangelist. And people call me doctor. I said, I'm not even an RN. Come on, somebody. But the title that means more to me than anything else is dad. I love being a father. It's the greatest call any man could ever have. And uh, I want us to celebrate all the great dads in the house. Can we make a little noise? Come on, you got a good man. Give God a praise. You know what father means? Father means giver and protector of life. You know, it takes more than a sperm donor to be a father. Can I get a witness? A father is there, and I just celebrate all the good fathers here, those in Panama City, those uh, we did, we were alive in Palm Coast, alive in NSB. So I'm just celebrating the great dads today. Matthew 11, 11. If you're ready for the word, shout, bring it on. Jesus said this, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen one greater than John the Baptist. Not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he was the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Look at what he said. There has not, Jesus said, risen one greater Jesus said, John, you're the goat. You're the greatest of all times. That's what the goat means. People who talk about a sports figure that's the goat, they're saying, John, you're the greatest of all times. That's what I want to talk about today. To all the fathers that are goats in your house, I celebrate you. So up your hands. Jesus, release anointing, release power, release your word. Thank you for the great dads in the house and watching my live stream. We give you all the glory. One more time, let's give Jesus a great big praise. And you can be seated. Oh, by the way, I just wanted y'all to notice, did you see the old man over here that dribbled at one time and went? You did see that, didn't you? Come on, don't count old people out. Can I get a witness here? I want to say welcome to all that are watching. Welcome, Panama City. We're so excited about the launch of our new campus there. It's coming very soon. We have a group that meets right there in Panama City. Great things are on the way. Come on. Make a little noise if you believe great things are on the way for Panama City, Calvary. All of you live and by live stream, we're glad that you're here. Happy Father's Day again to the great dads. Here's what I know about a great dad. A great dad doesn't just provide a great dad is present. And I'm here to celebrate the goats, the great dads that are in this church. In sports, as I said, when someone is the goats, it's, a, it's an acronym standing for the greatest of all times. And there's a lot of debate about who the greatest in their particular field or sport is. In basketball, the competition now has come between LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Just a, a quick survey. Who believes LeBron James is the greatest? Okay, that took guts. Who believes Michael Jordan is the greatest? Yeah. Who doesn't have any idea who's the greatest? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. So, so in my mind, it would be Michael Jordan. When it's the king versus his airness, it's Michael Jordan because, you know, Michael Jordan has five MVPs. He has six championship rings. You know his story. So if you, those of you that follow basketball, he, uh, he, he's done it in less time. He's actually played less years than LeBron. In football, people would argue that Jim Brown, who remembers Jim Brown? Great football player. Walter Payton. Come on, I may, I'm dating myself. Who remembers Sweetness? He played for Chicago. Then you have Reggie White, Joe Montana. Come on. Uh, you have Tom Brady now. I never thought I would ever root for Tom Brady, but now he's a Buccaneer, so I'm a Brady fan. Come on, somebody. In, in baseball, you got the sluggers Hank Aaron. I remember when I was a kid in the 70s, and Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's home run record. You've got Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth. You've got Pete Rose, Cal Ripon Jr. in baseball. In hockey, you've got Wayne Gretzky. In fact, his name is even the great one, but I don't, I don't watch hockey. Come on, somebody. I grew up in Florida. Golf would be Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods. And everybody knows that the GOAT in boxing, the greatest of all time, he told you he was the greatest. His name was Muhammad Ali, the thriller from Manila. I'm going to float, float like a butterfly, sting like y'all don't say nothing. That's back when boxing was really good because it was free. You could watch it. Y'all remember Howard Cosell? Come on, somebody. Those were the days. And I know that some of you men may have different, uninformed, uneducated decisions that are not like mine. Come on. But here's the truth. It doesn't really matter what I think. I can have my opinions about who the goat is, but there's one, if he calls you the goat, if he calls you the greatest, I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. Because whatever Jesus says, it is. If Jesus says you're saved, you're saved. If Jesus says you're delivered, you're delivered. If Jesus says you're more than a conqueror, it doesn't matter what any demon, any devil, or anybody says. If Jesus says it, it is. If Jesus says that he's more than enough and he will provide all your needs and you're going you're gonna to walk in abundance, if Jesus said it, it is. And can you imagine Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the lily of the valley, the fairest of 10,000, looks at John and says, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater. Can you imagine having Jesus call you the goat? Jesus looks at John and said, Boy, you're the goat. You're the greatest of all times. Jesus not only calls him the greatest, check this out. He calls him the greatest prophet Whoever lived. Now, I want you to think about that. He calls him the greatest prophet. That means Jesus considered him above Moses, above Daniel, above Isaiah, above Jeremiah. Come on now. Above Ezekiel, above Samuel, above even Elijah. John the Baptist is called the greatest by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I just want to stop here for a second 
You've got to stop worrying about what anybody else calls you. You've got to stop worrying about what people say about you and say, I am a child of God. I am born again. I am qualified, sanctified, called, commissioned, anointed, and ordained. And no matter what you say about me, I care about what he says about me. Can I get a witness on Father's Day? My goodness, I'm starting to feel like preaching right up here in my Jordans. Come on, somebody. Jesus called John the greatest. I want you to think about that. The greatest is a very powerful word in the Greek. It's where we get our M-E-G, our word mega, our megas. It literally means the greatest of all. John was called a mega man by Jesus. Can you imagine being called the greatest, a mega man? I believe there are some, past, some, some, some fathers here today, and you are a mega man. You are a great man. You are a mighty man. You are a good man. You love your children. You love your family. You love your wife. You, you love the Lord. That's what makes you a great man. You see, when you look at John, I mean, think about John. John never saw the fullness of God's plan in Christ. John died at 30 years old. He never witnessed the death. He never witnessed the burial. He never witnessed the resurrection of Christ. He died a martyr. And as I said, he died at 30 years old. And someone would look at his story in the natural. We would look at John and say, man, he's gone too soon. He died prematurely. He, he, he's gone too soon, but Jesus looks at him. And Jesus said, that guy right there is the goat. It wasn't the quantity of his life, but it was the quality of his life. Jesus said he's the greatest of all times. And I believe that there are some fathers in this room, me included, and some sisters who could learn some valuable lessons. You online learn some valuable lessons when you look at John. Why did Jesus call John the goat? Why did Jesus call him the greatest of all times? The first thing I want you to know about John was this. John was a miracle baby. If you study his life, according to the gospel writer Luke, John's mother was long past time of giving birth. She was and had been barren. Her husband was old and she was old. There's no way she should have gotten pregnant. But God's angel appeared to her and told her that she was going to be the chosen mother of the forerunner of Jesus. So John was a miracle baby. He should have never been born. He should have never arrived on the scene. Everything about him was a miracle. John was a miracle baby. See, here's what I want to tell you, Dad, never forget your own story. Never forget the miracle of your own life. Never forget where you came from. Never forget how faithful the Lord has been to you. See, here's what I believe. The great dads never forget the miracle of their own story. I know there are times when my children get so tired of me rehearsing and talking to them about where I came from. And boy, I'm telling you, we are so blessed. But see what 
what a lot of people don't know is I grew up very poor. I grew up in a dysfunctional home. We, we lived in parsonages most of my life. My dad never owned a home. We lived in these little shotgun houses that we had roaches, y'all, that were, they was big. They wasn't roaches. They was palmetto bugs. You don't know about that. Uh, that that's like one step up from a roach because a roach will crawl towards you, but a palmetto bug will fly at you. Come on. And we have palmetto bugs. Our bugs, were, our roaches were so bad that when they were in the kitchen, when you turned on the light, they just froze. They said, we ain't even hiding. We're just going to stay right here. I dare you to touch me. Come on now. You talk about pests. We would take the raid. I just kept the raid. Because our house had, it would, listen, our house was a mess. In Winter Garden, 130 Pennsylvania Avenue. Come on, it was a shotgun house. No air conditioning, roaches everywhere. We moved into that. You get the raid and you spray the raid on them. And you ever seen a roach when you really hit him with the raid? He, mm, like he's in a Pentecostal church. Come on, y'all. He falls out on his back like this and he's kicking his legs. But you know that roach is bad. When that roach crawls up your leg, a few minutes later it says, hey, you got any more of that raid? Come on, somebody. I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. I've said for years my family put the funk in dysfunction. I grew up knowing what it is to see my dad not have enough. I knew that we were poor. There was a precious man in our church named Otho Phillips, and I loved him so much. But he drove our, our garbage truck for our little town. And I knew that we were poor. I remember in elementary school, I realized how poor we were when my dad went to his house and bumped on his door and asked to borrow $5 so we could make it through the week. I realized that we didn't have very much. I grew up in a house where, where we dealt with drug addiction and abuse, and it was a very hard situation that I came out of. So when I see where I am today, yeah. When I see myself standing on this stage and preaching this gospel and traveling the world and raising a family and paying my bills, y'all ain't saying nothing to me, and having myself, I say, look what the Lord has done. I haven't forgot the miracle of my own story. Is there anybody in this place today that says, preacher, I know I'm only here because of the miracle working power of God. I need somebody to take a praise break right now if that's you. Uh, the fact that I interact with my children the way that I do, the fact that the devil never saw his plan manifest in my life, I cannot forget the miracle of my own story. Come on. My family is a miracle. My children are a miracle. My marriage is a miracle. And without a doubt... My ministry is a miracle. You know, oh, come on, I, I got to keep preaching. But you know what I got to say? I got to say, take that devil. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody here that you know the devil wanted to assassinate your assignment, but there's a miracle in your story? One, two, three, make a little noise if that's you. One of the most important things you can do, Dad, is share with your children the miracle of your own story. 
Some of you in this room, guys and girls, moms and dads, you absolutely and positively remember the goodness of God all throughout your life. And you know the miracle of your story. You know, just like John, were it not for the miracle-working power of God, you wouldn't even be here. That's why when your praise doesn't make any sense to anybody else, it makes sense to you. When, when, when your shout doesn't make sense to anybody else, it makes sense to you. When you lift your hands and you open your mouth and people look at you like you're crazy, you need to say, time out. You don't know where the Lord brought me from and you don't know how good God has been to me, so let me praise him all by myself if I have to. Ah. See, here's what I want you to do, Dad. Be a, be a father who talks about the goodness of God in your life. David said this in Psalms 100. He said, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. See, David said, I'm not a self-made man. People say, oh, I did it all myself. I did it my way. I didn't do it my way, baby. My way was a wreck. I didn't make myself. God made me. How many of you can say, Pastor, it's been the Lord in my life? Hallelujah. Now, now, secondly, what made John the goat was that he never got over his encounter with Jesus. He had an encounter with the Lord, watch this precious, and he never got over it. When Mary had this miracle pregnancy of Jesus, she comes into the room where Elizabeth has also had a miracle pregnancy, and John is in her womb. And John left, the Bible says, within his mother's womb and was filled with the Holy Ghost. He had an encounter with Jesus, and John never got over it. It marked his entire life. It marked everything about him. See, the greatest dads are those who've been touched by Jesus and never got over it. Mm. I don't know about you, but I never want to get over what the Lord has done for me. I never, I never want to get past it, get by it. I never want to forget how faithful the Lord has been in my life. If it's been a while since you felt like praising God, if it's been a while since you felt like worshiping the Lord, maybe you've forgotten how good God has been to you. You say, Pastor Rayleigh, you've been preaching a long time. We started with you in the gym. We started with you 20-something years ago in the old building. Pastor Rayleigh, you're old now. Why don't you just chill? Why are you still preaching so loud? Why are you dancing and walking around in church? You're 56. Can't you act 56 years old? Can't you just relax for a minute? But let me tell you something, my church. You better hear me. Jesus touched me and I've never gotten over it. I can praise him right now, but I praise him in another way because after 36 years, I can say, look what the Lord has done. I dare you, make a little noise if you've never gotten over Jesus. Ah. See, when Mary came in, John in the womb had an encounter with, with Jesus, and it marked his entire life. The greatest dads are those who never get over their, 
touch of Jesus and their encounter with Jesus, his relationship with Jesus affected every part of his life. I, I want my kids to know, I, as a father, I want my children to know Jesus has touched my life and I'll never get over it. I'll, I'll, I'll never get over it. The fact that Jesus touched my life, it affects everything about me. It affects how I act. It affects my attitudes. It affects my, my, the, the way that I treat other people. It affects, it affects the, uh, the, the way that I treat my family at home. It changed everything. So before I, I, I preach a little more, I tell you, make a little noise if you've never gotten over Jesus. Come on. He changed your life and you never got over it. Oh, tell somebody next to you and say, I never got over it. Come on, I praise him like I praise him because I never got over it. I dance because I never got over it. I shout because I never got over it. I cry because I never, I never got over it. See, the third thing I want to show you is this. John was the goat because he didn't live his life for himself. He lived his life for others. What made John great was John was a man who lived with others in mind. John understood his purpose, and he was determined to walk in it fully. I don't know a lot of things worse for a child than having a selfish, self-centered dad who makes every decision based on himself, who cares only about himself, a dad that is concerned only for himself and his own desires. A dad that doesn't do things with the family in mind. A dad that views everything as his. It's mine. It's all mine. It's my life. It's my time. It's my house. It's my car. It's my money. It's all mine. About the time, I think the money's mine. I bring it home, and my wife proves to me every single time, that money ain't yours, that money's ours. Can I get a witness? See, my wife and I have an agreement. She makes her own money, and she spends it like she wants to, and I make my own money and spend it like she wants to. Can I get a witness in the house? There's nothing worse than a man who doesn't understand that you're not on the planet just to live for yourself. There's nothing worse than a dad who has a selfish heart. John's purpose was not to live his life just totally under himself. It wasn't all about John. John had this awesome privilege. Now, don't miss this. Don't miss this at home. Watch this, Panama City. John had this awesome privilege of introducing the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the whole world. He was the forerunner of Jesus. So his job was to introduce Jesus to the whole world. 
John was the GOAT. He was the greatest of all times because he introduced the hero of history to a broken world. He introduced wonderful, counselor, mighty God. He introduced the way maker. He introduced Isaiah's prince of peace, Isaac's ram, Job's redeemer. He introduced the lily of the valley. He introduced Yahweh Rapha, God the healer, and Yahweh Jireh, God the provider. Y'all don't make me preach. He introduced the way, the truth, and the life. He introduced water in the wilderness. He introduced bread in the desert. He introduced a way up to heaven. He introduced the kingdom, hallelujah, and the king. It was a mighty thing that John did. John understood that the most important thing that he could do was not even build his own ministry. Not even, not even establish his own social media following. Come on, somebody. This generation of preachers, they're so concerned about who's following them on social media. Listen, young preacher, I don't really care who's following you on social media. Who is following you to heaven? That's what I want to know. John was on the planet to introduce Jesus. John's ministry was to prepare the hearts of people to receive somebody else. John said, ultimately, it's not about me. John taught them the basics, precious. He baptized them. But his real job, his ultimate responsibility, Dad, was to lead people to Jesus. Don't get it bent, fathers. You do a lot of important things. Man, I, I, one, of the, one of the highlights of my life was teaching my kids how to ride their bicycles. Come on. Running behind them. I was a lot heavier in them days. So when I ran behind them, it was a big deal. You got big boy running. Come on. And I'm trying to just get him. I, I taught Courtney to ride her bike right across the street here at the first little house that we owned. And, and I taught Channing to ride her bike. Those are important things. And I taught Peyton. And those are important things. It was, it's important to be a provider. It's important to love. It's important to be there. It's important, Dad, to be faithful. But let me tell you, all that is important. But don't give up what's most important for what's important. What will make you the goat is this. What will make you the goat in your children's eyes is this. Introduce them to Jesus. There is no assignment that is greater in a father's life than this. Introduce your children to Jesus. Show them Jesus. Show them in the hard times. Show them in the rough times. Show them in the broken times. Show them in the sick times. Show them in the well times. Show them that there is a Jesus who will never leave you or forsake you. There is a Jesus who is for you. And if God is on your side, who can be against you? Hallelujah. The most important thing you can do is introduce them to Jesus. John lived his life in such a way that he caused people to fall in love with Jesus. He caused people to pursue Jesus. That's the greatest call on any man's life who has children your ultimate job 
is to get your children hungry for Jesus. Imagine John presented Jesus so well. The Pharisees come to him and he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. John said, all I am is a voice. I'm not the big show. Come on, somebody. He said, I'm here to declare, make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, now there were those who were sent from the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying, why then do you baptize? Come on now, the Pharisees. There's always some Pharisees. There's probably some here today, some watching by live stream. But the good news is, at our church, we do pharisectomies. Can I get a witness in the house? Come on, somebody. And they ask him, saying, why do you baptize? What do you think you're doing? If you are not the Christ, if you're not Elijah, we don't even think you're a prophet. Why are you baptizing? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. He said he's going to baptize you in the power of the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. And then the next day when, when Jesus came up, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. You think I'm something? Wait till you see Jesus. You think I can preach? Wait till you see Jesus. You think I got something that's attractive? Wait till you see Jesus. It's all about that's what preachers need to know. It's all about Jesus. That's what pulpiteers need to know. It's all about Jesus. We've got to get it back to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. Our job is to introduce Jesus. A dad's job is to make his children hungry for Jesus. Think about it, precious. John did such a great job presenting Jesus. Here it goes. Here's where it really gets deep. He did such a great job preaching and presenting Jesus that his disciples, many of them, left him to follow Christ. Now, I've been preaching a long time. And I can tell you, I don't know one preacher that's going to be cool with a visiting preacher, y'all don't make me preach, showing up at his meeting and taking a bunch of his people. But John was okay with that. He knew that it was always about Jesus. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, this is in my spirit in this second service in the, in the central campus. It was always about the coming of Jesus. It was always about the introduction of Jesus. It was always about the deposit of Jesus. You know why we singing here on Sunday morning? We're not singing because we're trying to entertain you. You know why we got this all this stuff on this stage. We're not trying to put on a show. It's all for Jesus. We're singing for Jesus. We're clapping for Jesus. We're preaching for Jesus. We're trying to introduce Jesus to a world that desperately needs him. One day, my children are, they're gonna all be gone from my house. One day they'll leave me and my joy will be complete only if they follow Jesus. My joy will be complete 
only if they raise our grandchildren to follow Jesus. Dad, live your life in such a way that your kids leave your house following Jesus. If we're not careful, we'll be so religious. If we're not careful, we'll be so judgmental. If we're not careful, we'll be so pharisaical. Or either we'll be so full of compromise that when our children leave, they don't love Jesus. But I hope to live in such a way that when my children leave, they leave loving Jesus. Dad, live your life in such a way that when your children stop following you because maybe you've made it to heaven, they are still following Jesus. Don't just spend so much time making a name for yourself that you fail to connect your family to the name that is high above every name. That at the name of Jesus, somebody shout Jesus. Come on, shout Jesus at home right now. If it's all about Jesus, make a little noise in the room. It's got to be. It's got to be Jesus. See, John understood his purpose. And it's critical fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters that you understand yours. John's life was very short. He died at 30 years old. His life was very short, but his legacy was very long. Uh, it doesn't matter how long your life is. If your legacy is not long, what I care about, you know, I want to live a long life like anybody else. I want to I live long enough to drive my children crazy. Come on now. I want to live a long life. I do, and I'm believing for it, and I declare it over Dawn and I all the time. But the truth is, I want my legacy to be longer than my life. I want when I finally go, if Jesus doesn't return, and, and, I, and I finally go, I want them to say, man, Jim Rayleigh, he lived a legacy. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how long your life is, but it greatly matters how long your legacy is. Is there anybody here? Are you wanting to leave a legacy? So you say, Pastor, why in the middle of COVID, in the middle of all the things, the unrest that we have dealt with, relax, Pastor. Why are you starting campuses, Pastor? Why, why, why are we expanding into Wisconsin? Why are you looking now at Bowling Green, Kentucky? Why are you starting a campus in Panama City? Baby, it's about one thing. We got a legacy to leave. We got a Jesus to introduce. We've got something to deposit in the next generation. Legacy. John, even though he lived a short life, he didn't waste it. He packed it with purpose. Don't waste your opportunity. Let me talk to the dads. Don't waste your opportunity to be a dad. Don't, don't you say, well, Pastor, I've failed. We'll, we'll stop failing. Come on. Put your big boy pants on. I failed them when they were in junior high. Well, you know what? Be good to a mother in college. I failed them when they were growing up. Well, be the best granddad you can be. John lived his life with so much purpose that Jesus himself, Jesus himself, Jesus himself 
looks at John and said, bro, you're the goat. You're the greatest of all time. You say, Pastor, that's just not me. I, I'm not the greatest anything. I'm not the goat, Pastor. I'm not the greatest of all time. I'm, not, I'm more like the donkey. Come on, somebody. Don't make me go King James Version on you. I've been called just this, this last week a lot worse than a donkey. <laughs> I've been cussed out so much these last few days. I must be doing something right because I'm making a lot of people mad. Come on, somebody. Getting on my social media and just cussing me out. I was talking to one of our parishioners, actually, Judge Grimes. He was, they're still watching. They're shut in with COVID right now. Judge said, maybe you ought to give some of us that information and let us know who that was. I said, no, we better not. Come on, somebody. See, I've come to a place where I really don't care what people say about me on social media. Because if you live by their compliments, you'll die from their criticism. You say, well, Pastor, I can't be the GOAT. I'm just not the greatest. Let me tell you what you, maybe you can't be the GOAT on a soccer field, on a baseball field, on a football field but you can be the goat in your own house. I hope that my kids can say about me, I hope, I'm praying, he's a goat. I wouldn't have wanted another dad. He was a goat. See, I always made it a priority to try to get to my kids' stuff. I love to watch them play sports. I watched them when they first started sitting on the bench. Come on, somebody. But I was there. And I bragged on about how great they set the bench. Come on. I said, man, you set the bench like nobody ever seen in my life. Courtney said I was always, it's, I hate to tell you all this, but I was cheering for Courtney or maybe Channing, I don't remember, at one of the either volleyball game or basketball game in my own gym. They was going to kick me out. Come on. Because I was loud. I go to soccer games now because Peyton plays soccer. I don't even like soccer, but I love him. I didn't grow up playing soccer. I grew up playing football. So I'm thinking they're playing soccer, knock him down and kick the ball. Well, they're not supposed to knock him down. But when he knocked somebody down, I said, ooh, that's the way to go. And they said, no, it's not the way to go. I said, well, good to me. Knock him down, kick the ball. Because <laughs> my coach said, knock him down. Here's the deal. I'm thankful for the ministry that I do. But if, if, if people think I'm the goat or a hero anywhere else, but I'm a zero at home, what have I done? The most important legacy you'll leave as a father is your children. So you say, well, Pastor, how, how, do, I, how do I become the goat? Well, why don't you listen to your children? Why don't you just sit down and say, just say, hey, what's going on in your life? Why don't you, why don't you love your children with all your heart and tell them you love them? Say it. I love you. I'm not emotional. Well, you didn't have any trouble getting mad over the credit card bill. Oh, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. Come on. 
And I love Presbyterian people. Be kind. Here's the most important thing. Just, just be kind. I remember we were out. Dawn and Court, when Courtney was just a little baby, kind of right around your baby's age, Jocelyn's age, just kind of learning to talk, barely two years old. We were on the road, and we went to the Olive Garden, and we got seated in the Twilight Zone. You ever just been seated and you're like, man, I could have been sent around more crazy people. Come on. They must be having a convention. And it's right here. Behind us, there was a man and a woman behind Dawn, and I was looking at them. And they were, the, the man said, oh, this food is so good. Oh. And he starts eating. He said, I'm thankful for a good meal. Your cooking has been terrible. It's been awful. I haven't liked anything that you've cooked. I'm, I'm telling you, I am glad to go out and eat because at least I'm getting a good meal. And that woman just flipped. And she goes, I'm going to tell you something, boy. You, if you get a meal, you're going to pay for it now because I'm not going to be cooking for you anymore. I'm not cooking. And he said, I don't care. I'd rather pay for it than eat the mess you've been cooking. And they're just, rah, 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 rah. and then there's four older ladies sitting here and there wasn't a man among them and I know why come on because there wasn't a man who could live with what I was listening to that they, they, they were they, they they were so rough on the on the waitress on the server you remember the server was weeping and the, the server said that she came up why are you bringing us water now you didn't put any ice in the water there's not enough ice in this water and then you brought us a rose and the rose they're not hot enough can't you find a hot roll my goodness there's rolls everywhere people got rolls on there just going on and on and on and on we just need to see a manager and the, the lady walks away crying and the the, the the server walks away crying and and the lady's tasting her spaghetti she goes oh mary this spaghetti is terrible it just it's, it's awful. Mary, I mean, you got the man over here. He's telling how great it is. This lady's saying, this is terrible spaghetti. Mary, you make better spaghetti than this at your house. This, I'm sitting there going, why don't y'all go to Mary's house? Just go to Mary's house right now and have some spaghetti. My little girl, two years old, I watched her stand up in her seat, and she points her little finger like this. And she said, peoples, peoples, be nice, be nice, be nice. From the mouth of babes. You remember that, babe? They all just kind of looked at each other. Dad, you want to know one of the greatest things you can be? Be successful. Be a hard worker. One of the most important things you can be at your house is nice. Don't underestimate the power of kindness. Because I'm going to tell you, there'll be a day, and it's going to be a long time from now, but there'll be a day when I'll step off of this stage. There'll be a day when I won't preach anymore, and i got to have somewhere to go. And I want to be able to go to my house and know that I presented Jesus in a way that my children love Jesus. I'm going to tell you, Dad, don't forget the miracle of your own story. John never forgot. I'm only here because of the goodness of the Lord. 
Oh, is there anybody here that you know, man, woman, boy, or girl, are you only here because of the goodness of the Lord? If that's you, come on, make a little noise. Here's what I would tell you, Dad. Do what John did. Never get over the touch of Jesus. You know what's going to give you longevity? You know what's going to create your legacy? Never get over the touch of Jesus. And the third thing, everybody's standing. And the most important thing, make Jesus your priority. Live your life to introduce Jesus to your family. Live your life to live Jesus in a way that the hero of history, Jesus Christ, is desired by your family. I want to thank God for the goats. Maybe you say, Pastor, I can't be the goat anywhere. I'm going to tell you, Dad, you can be the goat right in your house. Everybody who's thankful for good, godly, hardworking Christian men who love their kids, make a little noise right now. Come on. Come on. Help me celebrate some daddies. Now that ain't going to do. Help me celebrate some dads who know God is good. So I feel led to do this. I did it in first service. You who are watching by live stream or in Panama City or in any of the campuses, I want every dad to slip up your hand right now. I want to pray a blessing over dads. I, I, maybe you, if you're not social distancing and you came with a dad, reach over and touch that dad if you want to. Come on. I want to pray for dads right now. And you that don't have a dad by you, just stretch your hands towards another dad. Stretch your hands toward a dad. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare the blessing and favor of the Lord on this Father's Day over every dad in this room and over every dad watching me by live stream or on video. I declare the blessing of the Lord over your life. I bind every work of the enemy that would try to hold you out of God's best for you. I release fresh oil and new anointing in your life. I release the power of God over your life. I declare that your children will serve the Lord. I declare not only will your life be long, your legacy will be longer. I said not only will your life be long, I declare that your legacy will be longer. I bless your marriage, sir. I bless your children. I bless your family. I bless your business. The Bible said power and death and life are in the power of the tongue. The Bible said you will decree a thing and it will be established. The Bible talks about releasing the spoken blessing. So I don't bless you in Jim Rayleigh's name. I don't decree and declare the favor of God on you in the name of Jim Rayleigh, but I do it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I declare that your children will be mighty for the Lord, that your daughters will be mighty for the Lord, that your sons will be mighty for the Lord, and the favor of the Lord will rest upon you. If you receive it, one, two, three, give the Lord a shout of praise. All right. Remain standing, Pastor Anderson is going to come. I want you to pray for me 
because I'm about to go and launch a bunch of chicken into the ministry. Can I get a witness? I Listen, it is fried chicken Sunday. People told me, they said, Pastor, we watched the video. The best part of the video was when you were flying through the air. How many of y'all love the chicken wing? I love you. One more time, give it up for the great dads. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it inspired you in every single way. For more information about Calvary Christian Center or to give, you can go to calvaryfl.com and be sure to subscribe and like this podcast. And we will see you next week here on the Calvary FL Podcast.